The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science: storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is Toria Bono. I am a Year Four teacher in a large junior school on the south coast, and I am the host of the podcast Tiny Voice Talks. And I'm Helen. I'm a teacher currently in a mixed reception Year One class,、I'm、teaching in Buckinghamshire. And we have an extra tinier voice from Toria here because she's just <laughs> off the back of、um, a, a really bad cold. But thank you so much for joining us this morning. Ah,、oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> and we're very pleased to have you, our listener, with us as we explore personal, social, health, and emotional education with a stupendously silly story from Russia. So, for all the fun and effectiveness of story-led learning, let's don our finest hats, sprinkle some fairy dust, and hang tight to our magic carpet as we dive into this week's story. The farmer's wife just can't stop telling everyone everything. But if the king learns about the gold treasure they found, he'll snatch it from them. How can the farmer help his wife keep their secret? Too busy thinking about what would happen when the king heard about the gold, they would be accused of stealing. How else could a farmer have so much money? The gold would be taken away by the king, and the farmer and his wife would end up in the dungeons. He didn't want that to happen, not to him or his wife. He needed a new plan. By the time the sun came up. The wife finally fell asleep, but the farmer crept out of bed, put on some clothes, and hurried to the village market to put part one of his plan into action. From the baker, he bought three loaves of bread. Then he went to see the fishmonger and bought three silver fish. Finally, he went to the butcher and bought the longest string of sausages you have ever seen. Then he made his way into the forest to put part two of his plan into action. And if you and your young learners want to see how some bread, fish, and sausages could help the farmer keep him and his wife out of the dungeons, you can download our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, EpicTales.co.uk, for the fish in the forest. 
there you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the magnificent Mario Coelho, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time. There are even some tips there for telling the story yourself and a whole heap of resources to go with the lesson ideas we're about to discuss, including extra lesson ideas that we maybe didn't have time to fit into this podcast. Right now, though, let's begin our discussion with Helen and Toria here by asking, folks, did you feel really lucky to have seen this story? This story is one of my absolute favourites. <laughs> It's just, it's, it's just so slightly bizarre and surprising. And I didn't know when I first read it a while ago, I just didn't know where it was going <laughs> each step of the way. Absolutely. It is just, as Helen said, utterly bizarre. And every time you think you know what's going to happen next, you're just so incredibly wrong. I mean, you know. <laughs> It's, it really lends itself to a great deal of prediction. Just throwing that out there. I know that we're not even on English, but just lends itself to prediction from the offset. And basically, you know, your young people will never manage to predict what's going to happen because it is so bizarre. Do you know, I've just realised the last time we had you two together here on the podcast, I think it was to discuss the Basket Babies story, wasn't it? Which mm -hmm. was a similarly bizarre tale that um, defied <laughs> yeah. your ability to predict yeah. anything. So um, cl clearly we're getting into a bit of a habit with this. <laughs> Look forward to which one comes next to the both of us. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But what was in here that you would want to discuss with your young learners, though? Is there any any moral in this wacky, bizarre, all over the place tale? The thing that rung out for me throughout is that is gossip. You mm. know, positivity, negativity. That sounds weird. Positivity around gossip, but actually, I've been reading research, which we'll come into later on in, in you know in the podcast about when. Uh, gossip can be positive but actually for the PSHCE what I really felt was looking at gossip and the negativity around it mm. and really you know why we need to try and avoid it but actually in this day and age more than more than ever it's really really hard to avoid gossip yeah. And I'm, you know, I, I will unpick that further, but I'm sure you found similar sort of themes within yours, Helen. Very much so. I mean, I sort of, for the younger age group, I've titled it sort of Keeping Secrets and um, yeah. mm. all about secret keeping and when people keep secrets and is it okay to keep secrets? Is it ever okay to keep secrets? Um, I thought that'd be a good discussion to have with, with the younger age group mm. and yeah. make it like a really open discussion without necessarily saying, oh, you're wrong, no women, I'll never keep secrets, just let the children talk about it, um, about when they might might have kept secrets and when it might not be okay to keep secrets. And then mm. from a safeguarding point of view, I think it's, in, in, I thought it would be a good link into that more serious discussion, perhaps have, um, have a session where you're talking about when children shouldn't keep a secret. Yeah. And yeah. also um, I had a thought to maybe link it to the NSPCC. Um, yes. they, they come round and do assemblies and things for children. So I thought it could start off with almost almost quite a lighthearted discussion because it is a fun story. It's a really funny story. Mm. And the secret keeping in here is in the story is all fairly lighthearted, isn't it? But I thought it was a really important theme to, to, to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, both of you have picked up on the fact that elements of this story, the PSHE elements even, are presented 
counter to how we normally teach them. So so we normally sort of teach that gossip has a little bit of a negative connotation, mm. I'd expect. But here, obviously, there's there's the, the fun side of it and there's the fact uh, that the connection that it has, the fact that the story ends with gossip actually being seen in a positive light because it allows the story to to carry around yeah um you've also got um the secrecy which which you mentioned helen and then of course the one that i found when when i share this story with um young learners and i i like to ask you know what what is it that you learned from this story the big discussion that always comes up is about lying because mm, of course mm, children are taught course, you yeah. know it's a bad thing to lie um but sometimes if you are keeping secrets as the farmer does here he has to lie and his lie effectively saves him and his wife from going to the dungeon so yeah. there are some <laughs> very interesting moral dilemmas that are thrown up by this story it's a very good introduction to showing how life is not black and white it I truly thought, isn't along similar lines chip i thought mm. it'd be interesting to almost start this maybe before you've even told the story with having a bit of a what would you do activity so almost setting up scenario yeah and uh, this would work particularly well with young children that would be completely drawn in where they find treasure on the school mm. field and they find something you could have real money you could have <laughs> you could have something that they want to keep and to do with that sort of theme of honesty and lying and find the treasure together and then say to them what are we going to do next mm. like, what what would they do with this treasure it's funny actually i was walking behind two children the other day and they'd found a five pound note <laughs> and the conversation <laughs> between these two children and who didn't realize I was standing behind them, went along the lines of, we need to give this in. No, no, let's keep it. Let's go and get sweets. No, we can't do that. Yes, we can. No one will know. We'll know. And it was really interesting because yeah. this went on, this absolute dilemma between the two of them. And every so often, one would swap over to the other one's way of thinking. And eventually, I've got to say, I actually eventually intervened. And, mm. and you know, sort of helped because I was a teacher. I'm a teacher at their school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you better step in there with a, I I a bit of moral in. guidance. <laughs> but it was really interesting because actually they didn't instantly pocket the fiber and run. It was mm. it was a really interesting one. They didn't have an adult there, sort mm. of guiding the conversation initially or anything, and yet they were having that conversation that you were talking about, Helen, where they were really trying yeah. to work yeah. out what was the best thing to do with this five pounds which to them was treasure five pounds is a lot yeah. of money to a little person a lot of sweets you know it's a lot of sweets <laughs> so mm. what is it you do with it you know well no one will know if we have it you know no one saw us taking it how old were they they were um nine years of age okay so yeah, they that's... were in that perfect age bracket for actually there's a level of independence there. Mm. But also, you know, it, I, I was really I was actually really proud of them with their final yeah. decision around the whole thing. I which think was that, the, that was a perfect maybe. moment because it, it sounds like they were having the sort of conversation that if just one of them had found it, they would have mm. been having that same conversation in their own head. Absolutely. But you got to hear it out loud. Out loud. It was yeah. it was fascinating. And I, and I actually said well done to both of them, you know, at the end for the decision that they made. I know you intervened, but, but could you tell which way the conversation was going? It was sort of, it was really funny. It was swings and roundabouts. It sort of, it was going one way, then the other, then the other. I think eventually <laughs> mm. 
would have made what I would say was the right decision, but that's the right moral decision. You know, I I do think they would have got there, but it was really interesting listening to the two of them and and the debate around it. You know, I felt very honored that I was wandering behind, you know, quite innocently and then just, you know, fell upon it. Absolutely. This makes me almost want to change the sort of activity that I've just talked about so that the children <laughs> find the treasure yeah. with, with an adult not present. Not present. <laughs> yeah. Or like nearby, but like not there when they find the treasure so that you mm. can begin by listening to their thoughts, their genuine mm. thoughts without an adult there <laughs> about what they should do with it. Of course, then you have other potential safeguarding slash health and safety considerations related to surveillance. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Only we could spy on our children. Only we could set up cameras all around, (laughs) like on the um, Secret Life of a what's that TV program? Secret Life. Oh, the Secret Life of Toddlers. Yes, toddlers for your yes, and then see what they actually really think before a teacher's there. I strongly (laughs) suspect my my children being the age they are and just being who they are I imagine they just run up to me and say look what we found look what we found (laughs) but I think it is fascinating because I think you know I've got 32 children in my class Mm. and I would love to hear the conversation between various pairings and Mm -hmm. actually what would be really interesting is the conversation between the same child but different pairings if that makes sense how they Mm. would be with different influence yeah Mm. would they be influenced or would Mm. they stand in their you know in their power and go no actually i'm going to be honest here i'm morally (laughs) correct i think we're starting to talk more about an experiment for teachers to run rather than an experiment for (laughs) the children to run (laughs) but i think it's fascinating it's certainly some uh, fantastic discussions you could have because i mean uh, a really popular phrase and it's a phrase that's full of rhetoric is the old finders keepers Mm. so you know that there's that whole sense you know if you find 20p on uh, a pavement you Mm. you pick it up and pocket it you don't think about it if you find five pounds well it's starting to go up in scale and if you were to find that in the middle of a town i suppose again you wouldn't really know where to hand it in so you probably mm-hmm. would pocket it but if you did find it on the floor of a classroom well that's uh you know it's, it's all showing you how important the context of the finding is you know mm-hmm. if you find that five pounds down the back of your friend's sofa chances are you wouldn't go by the whole finders keepers rule because you're in mm-hmm. their house mm-hmm. so yeah all all these sorts of fascinating uh, conversations and dilemmas to explore with your young people. I think a lot of this lends itself to discussion, which is the stuff that my lesson ideas for this, for for the upper key stage two, was very much around discussion and actually understanding gossip. And I found this fabulous picture by Norman Rockwell, hmm. which was actually, um, it was a picture from 50 years ago representing gossip and I absolutely loved it and I just you know I thought it would be a great one to show the the young people to start with you know what does this represent actually and and hopefully they would say it looks like gossip because I think it does look like gossip and actually what I found fascinating is it's 50 years old so actually Hmm. did they imagine that their grandmothers gossiped did they imagine that old people gossip because of what is gossip and so on because it's mm. it's a fabulous picture mm. and then i found another picture just of some people holding mobile phones 
And actually, what does this represent? You know, Mm. potentially gossip as well, because actually gossip today looks different to gossip 50 years ago. We're not on the telephones talking anymore or we're not over the garden fence, Mm. you know. Yeah. But a lot of the time people are on their phones, you know, texting or, you know, DMing or if you're, according to my daughter, it's all Snapchat at the moment. If you dare to say (laughs) that you're DMing or texting, you know, you're really out of the loop. (laughs) But it's, I just thought that conversation with Upper Key Stage 2 would be a really useful conversation as to what gossip looks like, how it looked like in the past, how it looks like now. Mm. But then actually linking that in to digital safety and actually Mm. the importance of remaining safe online where gossip becomes nasty. And mm. I think that there's an awful lot, as as Helen says, you know, there's an awful lot of places to go with the, the little ones with this. But I think there's a lot of places to go with the older key stage two children with this as well. Mm. Um, really unpicking the power of gossip. Yeah. And, and would you end then with a sort of digital safety project or, or or maybe even an, an art piece yeah that well that was what i was thinking and funnily enough i do come on to that in art i think it, it really would lend itself to actually doing something the modern version mm. of that piece because i think mm. you know it's absolutely fabulous that piece you know depicting you know people chatting to each other and actually what would that look like today how would that look and a lot of the time it is just mobile to mobile yeah well thank you very much for sending that over that's going to be in the resources for epic educators to download and we'll explore that more in our session next week on art and um, but just coming back to your idea helen for the younger ages from four to seven and um, mm. the whole keeping secrets thing obviously yes that there, there is the bad side of keeping secrets so so how would you balance this and, and are you heading towards some kind of display that your children can create i think to balance it because you know there are times when we all keep secrets Mm. so I think I'd look at the farmer in the story and get the children to understand why he was keeping secrets or he wanted to keep secrets Mm. and what happened when the secrets what would have happened had had they not kept the secret but also Mm. in you know in everyday life we keep secrets um things are very relevant to children are um you know birthdays and Christmases you know people keep secrets Yeah. yeah surprise parties so I think you could you could generate a lot of discussion about when it's when you know secrets can be a good thing to keep Mm. and you could almost set up a scenario where your class is going to do something nice for someone but wants to keep it a secret Mm. or something like that so that they actually see the value of secret keeping because as we also know young children are actually pretty bad at keeping (laughs) secrets um yeah I've, i've so many times i've had someone in the class come up to me and just tell me something that i so you know that i think there was once um I was getting married and they'd made me a beautiful card and they weren't supposed to tell me, but they, about three of them came up and go, oh, we've made you a card, we made you a card, we made you a card. <laughs> so actually it'd be nice to keep set up. It'd always be quite a challenge, wouldn't it, for them? If you set up a scenario where you were doing something really nice for another member of staff and you were like, this is a good time to keep a secret. Can we keep yeah. a secret if we actually really try mm. um yeah <laughs> i wonder it's maybe more of a, an activity for the higher age range but um whether you could come up with some sort of um system for deciding whether a secret is uh, one to keep or one that should be shared i don't know m- maybe this is something that the nspcc do i 
I don't know. Do they encourage children to come up with a kind of uh, like a flow chart for deciding whether to keep your secret or, or share it? Do you know, I don't know, actually, whether they do that, but I think it would be really valuable to do with mm. with all age groups, actually. Yeah. The work that I've done with the NSPCC in the past, they haven't necessarily done it as, as generically as, you know, decide whether this secret should be shared or not shared because usually it's around safeguarding concerns that they're yeah. talking. Yeah. But I think it, it's very much unpicking, like Helen's saying, with the young ones, with the old ones, unpicking which secrets to share and which not to share and why, you know, and actually looking at the, the what is the why? Why mm. do you not yeah. want to share them? And actually what is the reason? And going right back to, you know, the good in the reason as such, if the reason is a good reason, and actually it's it's for the good of others, mm. then that's probably a good reason not to share it. But actually going right back and unpicking, and I think sometimes that's quite hard, you know, mm. even for the older yeah. ones in primary, that's a really difficult thing yeah. to actually unpick. You know, why do I not want to share this secret? I had a fascinating one in school the other day where someone came in after lunch and said, um, so-and-so's told my secret to so-and-so. And it turned out that the entire class knew the entire secret by the end of lunchtime. <laughs> Because one person had told another person who had told another person who'd yeah, overheard. Farmer's wife goes to your school. <laughs> who'd overheard yeah. someone else, etc. And then what had happened was the original child had told the secret to everyone because he didn't want anyone to not think that they hadn't heard the accurate secret. Hmm. Oh, that's and, interesting. But it's a really, really fascinating discussion. Yeah. It's like the controlling the narrative thing yeah. that uh, mm. those yeah. in, in the politics are taught yeah. to do. Get it, getting the truth out there or yeah. what they want to be out there. <laughs> yes. The child that had heard it third, he had overheard it being told to the second person. Mm. So he'd heard it third. He then said, he then told loads of people. And I said, but why did you tell lots of people? He said, oh, I'm not very good at keeping secrets. Hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting thing to say because I thought, wow, where has he heard that phrase? Mm. And mm. if he hadn't been told it was a secret, would he have shared it as freely? Now, this is all stuff, you know, these, these are all the things that go around in my brain. Mm. Yeah. But, it, you know, I didn't actually have a couple of hours that day to spend on PSHCE. I spent about 15 <laughs> minutes dealing with the fallout of the secret. And you didn't have this story then either. To... I didn't have this story. No, <laughs> I shall be using it in the future. But it's. I think it's a really interesting one that some, we, po we possibly don't give enough time to in Upper mm. Key Stage 2 because mm. we feel that actually possibly they've figured it out and they haven't. I love the fact that they were trying to, like we said, control the mm. narrative there because mm. that is essentially what the That's farmer what does. That's what the farmer's trying to do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he says, right, okay, so um, my wife is definitely going to share this secret i know that's a weakness of hers so what i'll do is i'll set her up to look as ridiculous as possible um yeah. should the king ever you know have a reason to mm. quiz her which he does um and i wonder is that a pshe element that you could be exploring with your young learners that the whole idea of being the it's, it's almost like the whole history is written by the winners idea isn't it yeah I think you're right. You know, it mm. is. It's about controlling that narrative. And actually, I mean, you could, this has just popped into my head, you could with Key Stage 2 possibly look at media publicity. Mm. Um, you yeah, could that'd look be interesting. at how, do you know what I've been really obsessed with recently? And I apologise now 
viewers for this, but it's the Amber Heard and the Johnny Depp case. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Well, it's it's because they are controlling the narrative. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. think, okay, you possibly don't want to discuss Heard and Depp with you, you know, I think if you're doing secondary, that would be the perfect, perfect thing to, to link in. But actually really interesting looking at controlling the narrative and how the media does it. Yeah. So, yes, that's my latest. Mm. And I'm still <laughs> waiting for the verdict to come in. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I was controlling the narrative here because I wanted to get that point in right from the very start. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of going in lots of different directions, there's one last direction I, I really wanted to uh, take us in, which is thinking of the fact that this is a Russian folktale. Mm -hmm. And at the time of recording, Russia is not having a very good press at the moment. And um, I, think, I think right at the start, there was an attempt by some in the media to make sure the onus was very much on Putin. Um, but I don't think that has stuck as well as they maybe wanted it to. And I just wondered whether this story may give you an opportunity to just remind your young learners that Russia is still a country full of normal people. Um, real people as well. They have a connection too because they like some of the same things. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure where I'm going with this really. I mean, is, is this a, a discussion that you would see um, coming out of, of telling a story like this tied to a, a particular part of the world? I think absolutely. You know, the fact that it's a Russian folktale gives us a way in to have a mm. discussion about, you know, the people of Russia. And that actually not everyone is going to, you know, it's about not tiring everyone with the same brush as such. And I yeah. think it's about unpicking that, you know, with children, because all too often we refer to, you know, the Russians are doing this and so on. But actually, I think I, I don't know about early years as much, Helen, but I know with Key Stage 2, you can have quite a decent conversation about this sort of stuff and the difficulty they have is making sense of what the media is saying or indeed mm. what they're overhearing yep. adults saying and wh when they are listening to adults and they hear Russia is doing this they hear Russia as in every single person in the whole of Russia exactly yeah and I think it's just having that discussion on picking that because it's really hard for our young people to understand it's really hard for our older people to understand but mm. to understand the fact that actually russia is made up of you know many 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 people and most of whom are not involved in the war effort you mm. know in that in that regard um and i think it is you know it's in a sense our duty to to really ensure that children have that understanding i mean would you would you talk about it in the early years helen um i think i'd be less inclined to talk about um the war directly mm. it's something that if children bring it up in my class then yes we discuss it but mm -hmm. i don't necessarily draw their attention to it um just because you know they're four and five and it, actually if they're not aware of the war I think that's a good thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe um, their parents are trying to protect them from yeah it. and I think they don't if if they happen to bring it up and they've come across it 
of course we'll discuss it um mm. but if they haven't i i'm not going to draw their attention to it because they're so young um mm. but i what i think is fantastic about this story and about the stories that we we explore on this podcast is that they come from so many different places and this as with any of them it's a really good opportunity just to introduce children and thinking of my particularly my age range to another part of the world mm. and it can be done in that positive you know in that positive way where actually just look at some images of the country, some images of the people, some listen to some Russian being spoken just to, to normalize another part of the world that actually yeah. um, the children that we, we teach are likely to have very little concept of. And then if they do hear about Russia, about the, the war, that actually they've also got this other image of Russia yes. in their heads. Yeah. And that, that I think is the important side, which I think is what I was getting at, that we're yeah. helping them to build up their empathy for mm, um, yes. other cultures and, and realize that um, you know people all around the world are very similar to people in their very street if not they themselves and so it means that when you go into situations where you're you're watching the news and you're hearing bad things about a place you can have a lot more empathy and sympathy yeah. for what's going on um, and that, that's the sort of thing that's going to give us a future with fewer wars maybe you know a, a future with no wars the more we the more we share these stories around definitely i think the more positive more positive images of other people other countries other other ways of life that we can start to embed in the children from a very young age the better really i mean with any story i always start with a this story is from mm. <laughs> then of course depending on if you're doing a whole whole project on the story you can have a whole day focused on on the country or longer than that <laughs> that the stories come from beautiful sadly all we have time for today folks if you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast or if there's a subject you're soon to teach that you'd like us to cover you can find us on social media using at teach happily or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective memorable and enjoyable all at the same time Tomorrow, the farmer and his wife will help us teach English. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! cheerio. And, and we, we hope, hope to hear, hear your, your story, story soon! soon.